Tabby. And I'm Caitlin, and today we're discussing Promises and Pomegranates by Sab R. Miller. We're so excited to get into this one. Um, Sab, one of my favorite authors. This was not my favorite out of all of the series that she's written. There's five total, I think, in the Monsters and Muses series. They're all fantastic, all very, very different. This one was just a little frightening. Yeah, this one is just not quite like suited to my personal tastes, but I'm sure like lots of people, this is their favorite one. So, But you do come to love the characters as they reappear in yes, other for books. Sure. Yeah, um, and I will say... On Goodreads, this has a 3.54 out of 5 stars. So I feel like the rating kind of like tracks maybe for me. Like, I think mostly it's like not people's favorite. But you have to read it. Like, you really do. Yeah, you really should. You just, you got to do it. So overall, I gave it a 5.8 out of 10, which probably translates roughly to a 3.2 out of 5. I was kind of concerned for most of the book. Like, things would be going really, really well. And then I'm like, oh, that took, like, a turn for the absolute worst. Mm -hmm. And they handled that in the absolute worst way possible. And also, like, all the characters, like, every single one of them does need therapy. Oh, yes. I think that will continue to be a theme throughout this entire series. Um, If you know, if you guys continue to read it, which you should, and we'll probably talk about the rest of them at some point. I rated it a six out of 10 because for me, like, and this is the second time I've read it. So I feel like it was more fun to read it now um, and kind of see some of the characters that we get more information on later in the series. It just like made me more excited to like reread their books So there are things that I like about this book, about setting up the rest of the Monsters and Muses universe, but in general, these two scare the bejesus out of me. Like, I I do not like their um, love story. I just think it's deranged, which is like, it's on brand because it's like Hades and Persephone. So Hades is also deranged. Yeah. And you know what? The more books I read about like Persephone and like her backstory, the more I realized she's also slightly unhinged. Yeah. Which is so, why, I mean, obviously there's multiple tellings like of retellings, Hades and Persephone yeah. and like sometimes they're actually in love with each other. Other times he just sort of like kidnaps her. Right. Um, But in this particular retelling, she is obsessed with him just as much as he is with her. And so I kind of like that they're both, they're both down bad. And they're both insane and it kind of makes them perfect for each other. And it's, it's not wholesome, but it's, it's sweet for them. <laughs> it's their own brand of love. It is their own brand of love that I think they should not sell to anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> um. So before we get started on the characters, I am going to read the back of the book just for some context we dive in here um so it's a two-parter first part is from elena's perspective and it says to most cal anderson is a villain harbinger of death keeper of souls frequenter of nightmares dr death hades incarnate they say he stole me usurped my fiance and killed the sorry filled the cracks in my heart with empty promises imprinted his crimson fingerprints on my psyche and tried to set me free they're not wrong per se except it was my choice to stay. And this is from Cal's perspective. To most, Elena Ricci is an innocent, goddess of springtime, lover of poetry, angel of my nightmares, little one, Persephone personified. They say I ruined her, shattered her virtue, and devoured her soul like a succulent pomegranate, embedded my evil as deep as I could possibly get, and tried to set her free. They're not wrong, per se, except it was she who ruined me. So we'll start by talking about Elena Ricci. She is the main character of this book. Um, Listen, she's so smart. She's well-learned. She's a smart young lady. But she is so fucking dumb. Like, she's really dumb. Um, She's so angry. (laughs) She's a very angry young lady. She makes a lot of just, like piss poor choices and I know it's because like 
she never gets to make any decisions in her own life. So when she does, she just makes the wrong ones. But she, like, even as a kid, she's, like, getting in these weird fights all the time at school. She is, like, the moment she turns 18, she, like, begs this man who's, like, what, 12 years older than her? Yeah, like, well into his 30s. Yeah, to, like, take her virginity. She's like, please, I know that you murder people for my family, but if you really into that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, she's really dumb. Also, it's just, like, I feel like partly... Too, like she feels like she just has like nothing to lose yeah so she's like might as well go out with a bang which I yeah I'm sure that that's a totally valid way to respond to the way she was raised sure but still I also just feel like in every single mafia book if the main character's name is Elena like they're gonna be a dumb bitch yeah and it's like they're always the um, eldest. <laughs> they're always the eldest daughter. That's a firstborn child's name. Yeah, that's a firstborn child's name. And um, character traits in mafia books is to be so fucking stupid, but Just so problematic. Um, but not stupid in the way, like she's very she's very book smart. She's just real dumb everywhere else. But I do like that she's like uh, she's kind. And I think it's kind of like that grumpy sunshine situation, like in a way, yeah. like she's deranged. Do not get me wrong, but she's kind hearted. It's like grumpy sunshine, but with a dark twist. <laughs> it's like grumpy and like absolute storm cloud. <laughs> she just always is in like a, a much more like silly, goofy mood. <laughs> Than Cal. <laughs> but she's also crazy. Um, but I do think she obviously really needs some fucking therapy. Like, first of all, every time she feels a strong emotion, she is explosive. Like, there is nothing. Like, she meets Cal's sister out on the sidewalk and, like, doesn't know her. So she, like, assumes that it's maybe his ex-lover or that he's still sleeping That was such a big jump. (laughs) I know. I literally know. And then she just, like, is immediately angry and yelling. And it's like, hey, girl, let's take a breath. Calm down. Um, Second of all, she also literally enjoys watching her man kill a person in retribution. Like, hello? It's like the idea of it. I guess someone defending your honor. I suppose I could get behind it. But once we cross that line to where they're actively murdering a man in front of you, like, no. And she like gets off on it too. Like, yeah, it literally turns her on. But so does he. I don't know. Maybe it is a match made in heaven. I don't know. They scare me in hell. Mm -hmm. Um. She's kind of a boss babe, though. Mm -hmm. Like, good for her for, like, standing up to her parents. Love that. Like, that was such a good just twist to the book. I know. Because, like, I feel like normally they're just like, yeah, but I don't want you to do anything. That's still my family. But she was like, no, I'll do it myself. (laughs) She's like, fuck those bitches. Like, yeah, I'll set the whole thing on fire. And then I was, like, worried because of her sisters. But then it was like, oh, they came to live with us. Yeah, they did. They're fine. <laughs> Love them. Cal is insane. Yeah. He's clinically insane. Um, I do feel bad for him. He's. It sounds like he's had a rough go of life. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> For sure. But does that excuse your behavior? (laughs) Yeah. He his villain origin story (laughs) makes sense. It's a bit dark. It's a bit dark, isn't it? Um he (laughs) such a problematic character, Cal is. (laughs) It's like again, I like him more in the rest of the series than I do in his own book. It's like I was rooting for him. 
Yeah. To have care, like good character development. And I would say, you know, in all honesty, like he had pretty good character development. He still had some tendencies that I maybe didn't agree with, but yeah, he loves him. And I guess that's all that matters. But he bought himself out of the world, the mafia and world of murder so that they could just have their own little happiness which I, he's still involved in organized crime, but he's like, I'm gonna- yeah, like don't get it twisted. He's just running his own organized crime. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, I'm gonna stop like being a hitman for other people. But if I have to kill people for my own benefit, maybe so be it. Yeah, no, but I do feel like-, like also um, the storyline with Violet. He he finally kind of like closed that chapter and like realized that she just did not want a relationship with him and so i think that took Which is a lot really sad it is sad and i feel bad but then it's also like he is also like not a good dude so it's like yeah you maybe you're not like a super role model brother i don't know <laughs> if you want to just keep bringing more people into the fold here but yeah he's like no she's right i need to work on myself that's valid you know i didn't have good things to say about violet but i do madly respect her for being like i don't want any part of what you're doing yeah it's like i get which we can kind of talk about her really quick because i was gonna say like what i don't understand is it kind of feels like she's punishing cal for their bio dad being a piece of shit even though it's like not his fault right but then it's like i also don't know how much she knows about his criminal I feel like he just probably exudes, like, this aura about him that, like, just says dangerous. I think she can maybe just tell that she shouldn't get, like, mixed up with him. I think that's fair. Yeah. Which makes me, I do think it's weird that she's also still staying on the island, though. I do, too, because I think it was, like, part of her wanted... To, like, she even was standing outside the bar that day and was like, I'm trying to make myself go in. So I think, like, part of her wanted a relationship relationship with her brother, but it, like, it hurt too much to, like, think about her family. I don't know. I hope she writes a book about Violet. I really do just want to know more about her. I feel like she's maybe saving her for last because she's going to end up also being involved in something absolutely fucking crazy. Ooh, what if, what if Violet is actually, like, also really fucked up and, like, murders people and is a hitman? I bet she's a serial killer. And then what if she's like, I can't, I can't have a relationship with my brother because I can't drag him into, like, such a, a fucked up life. And then they find out that they're both fucked up. And they're like, oh, okay. Love you. No, I, I bet she's, like, a serial killer <laughs> for sure. That would honestly be so dope. I love that for her. Um, <laughs> that's happening. Sav, go ahead and write that down. Sav, write it. Um, but back to Cal. So another reason I feel really bad for him, obviously his relationship with Carmen was, you know, extremely, extremely unhealthy and toxic yeah. and like very inappropriate as well. Like he was essentially a child. Yeah, he was groomed. Like he started working for Raph when he was like 16. That being said, I do, I don't think he groomed Elena, but also I think he kind of did because it's like from a young age, like obviously like him bringing her like poetry and whatever was him trying to like just appease her as a child because she was dealing with a lot of shit at home. Well, and at first he didn't realize that it was where Elena was staying. He thought it was where Carmen was staying. But then he kept doing it. Then he kept doing it. Yeah. (laughs) like the first time was a mistake but i do think he had this and like he says the infatuation didn't start with her until after she is 18 i don't believe that i don't either and i was willing to like look past it but i think you're right can't though because it's like he was literally groomed and he's doing the same thing yeah i'm sure like a learned behavior but it's probably like He's not conscious of it, but I think you're right. But I also feel like he's probably very aware of her attraction to him. And yes. he didn't really, like, he would do, like, he would say things to, like, stop her, but he still kept bringing her things. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. So, I don't know. 
And then whenever Raph like assigned him to keep an eye on her, I feel like he was like, oh, well, now I have like, it's because I'm doing my job. And he like justified it that way. Yeah, because I'm sure in his head, he's like, this is fucked up. But he also is like, I'm a fucked up person. So what are you going to do? No, you're right. That's exactly what he was thinking. He was like, yeah, I shouldn't do this, but. But I'm going to. I'm going to. And that's fucked up. And, like, I won't, you know, say that he doesn't love Elena. I think he loves her very, very much. And he obviously loves his daughters very, very much. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he's a great father. But it's, like, that's a little sus. It is sus. I don't love age gaps. like. Yeah. Well, yeah. For sure. I feel like with mafia novels, you are always (laughs) going to get, like, an 18 to 20-year-old female main character with, like, a 30-year-old male character. Yeah, I really don't love it, and that's one of the things I disliked about this book. It's on the list. But I do think Cal probably smells good. I'm sure. So that's, like, a plus for him. Yeah, I'm sure he smells real good. I'm sure he sounds like a great combo. Mm Mm-hmm. He smells like like Fireball. (laughs) Yeah, he smells like Fireball, but, like, an expensive Fireball, if there is one. Yeah, so that's kind of Cal. <laughs> Cal in a nutshell. He's a lot. Um, and then we have Ariana, who is Elena's one of Elena's sisters, the older of her her two younger sisters. There's definitely like more to her than what we see at the surface level because Cal at one point in the book is like, I think she's actually like a lot darker than she lets on. He can like kind of like see something in her and he is like I think she's a little fucked up, like her sister. So I take back what I said earlier. Um, So the fifth book in this series, the newest one's actually about Ari. And that's probably the darkest one that she's written to date. <laughs> I have not read the fifth so, one. So, yeah, no, it's certainly not this one. It is definitely that one. Amazing. So Ariana is a lot darker. However, I like it better because they're two, you know, fully consenting adults with fully formed brains. That makes me feel better. Yeah, yeah, so that one is called Souls and Sorrows. Very, uh, very I've not good. read that one yet, but I will. And I'm excited to learn more about her. I think her sister is a good character. Like, she's there for her sister when she needs her. She's always, like, cheering her up by kind of, like, joking with her. Also, whenever Elena learns that Cal had slept with her mother, like, a decade prior and was, like, so fucking pissed that she couldn't even, like, say anything ariana didn't know what was going on but she just looked at her and she was like do you want to like ride to the theater with me like like she could just tell like she has like that like telepathy with her and i just i really like their relationship truly the second child like holding the family together yeah she's like she is the glue are you good (laughs) and elena was like "Mm, not really and she's no girl come on we're going get in we're going shopping let me just unlock the door for you. Just Gucci on in here. Yeah, I know. Her book's great. I <clears throat> So something that I do just like about this whole book in general, and we'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more, is just like the Easter eggs, going back and reading it again, like yeah. of all the characters we're about to meet later on. Yeah, same. Like Jonas. Yes. Oh my God, I, I love, love Jonas. Jonas. <laughs> he's so funny in this book too. I mean, he, like, he is funny, but like I was like giggling He's defiant towards Cal in, like, a fun way. Like, he would never actually, like, be defiant. But he's, like... No. Like, he pushes his buttons on purpose. Um, Jonas's book is just one of my favorites. It's good. I love Jonas. It's Um, so good. His book is the third in the series. It's called Oaths and Omissions. I really love his, like, development. But, again, there's a bit of an age gap which I don't love looking yeah, past that though. And also it's like his female character in that one too is like, I think maybe mentally unwell, not in the way that like Elena and Cal are. Like, I think she maybe like actually is like a little mentally unstable. <laughs> like um, there would actually be a chance of like helping her heal herself. <laughs> unlike Elena. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, she's redeemable, probably, Um, but also very much so probably needs to get that checked out. I don't know. 
Like she, she concerns me a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I love her. Yeah. I mean, their book is good, but I think there's always, there's always going to be some kind of like moral objection. I'm like, I think that was really wrong, but I'm going to look past it. But such is the universe of dark romance. Like, right. It's just, it's the genre. Like you're not going to look at a relationship in one of these books and be like, yeah, that's healthy. Like relationship goals. No, that's not what these are. They're all so bad. These are all such toxic fucking people. Like every single one of them, like are probably people you would not want to associate yourselves with in real life. But Mm -hmm. like, I love reading it. But I'm rooting for them in their books. Yeah, but in it's their like, little I hope world. Doing well. <laughs> yeah, but if I ever meet one of these people, I am calling the police. Yeah, uh, Marceline, she's another just small. She's my bitch. Like honestly, I like love her. I love her. Yeah, she's, she's like, just a queen. She's so loyal. She never questions anything. She's also just like when Elena's super lonely. Like she steps in and like hangs out with her and like she's just entertains her for the ride. Yeah, she's a queen, a Uh, real one. Kisses Marceline, and then finally we have Rafe and Rafe, Rafe, Rafe and Carmen. Rafe is short for Raphael. Her parents are trash. They're trash. They deserved everything that was coming to him. Carmen. It's just disgusting. She's a gross lady. I am so glad that Elena was like, I'm actually never helping you again. Yeah. Like, you can kick rocks. She stood up to her. Like, I wish she had killed her. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but I do kind of think that whenever Cal was like, let this be a lesson to you. Like, I don't care enough about you to kill you. I was like, ooh, yeah. Let yeah, for sure. Her. Let her live. And I am really glad. Like, it was nice. I suppose that she, like, said, I don't think she meant it when she kind of, like, apologized at the end when she was talking to Elena. I don't think she truly meant it. No. It was nice that she said it, but it was even nicer that Elena did not forgive her and instead slapped her across the face. No, she's a a snake. There is no way she meant it. Yeah. I don't think she wouldn't have done it. it in the first place. Yeah. Um, And then also her dad is just like a little bitch. And I think he's actually so scared of Cal, but (laughs) pretend. Yeah, because it's like Cal's better than him and smarter than him in literally every single way. Yeah. And he's like, I made you. And Cal's like, okay. He's like, I would have figured it out one way or another. So yeah, he's like, you're really giving yourself too much credit. You actually ruined my life. So (laughs) I am very unwell because of you. Thank you. Yeah, like, appreciate it. Um, But those are, you know, kind of the main characters. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the things we liked. I do want to circle <clears throat> back really quick to what I was just talking about, the Easter eggs. So oh, yes. I loved the end of the book. So, like, we get to see Cal's future with Elena and their kids and blah, blah, blah. But when he walks into his office and he sees that girl sitting at his desk, like, it means so much more to me now that I've read the second book. Yeah. Because it's kind of like just a continuation of it. But I, I love Riley. love the ending. Yeah, I do too. I love the ending. I think of all the characters that exist in this universe, Riley is actually my favorite. And, like, she is a, she's a good person. Like, I don't have a lot of bad things to say about Riley. I think she was just put in a very bad situation and, like, dealt with it the best that she could. She was, yeah. I mean, like, what else are you going to do? She didn't have any power to change the situation. And then also, like, which you guys should, you totally have to read this book. It's Vipers and Virtuosos is the second one. But I like that, yes, Aiden is fucking unhinged. But, but I love I, him. I love how just hung up he is on this woman. He's so fucking feral for her, but like in a better way, in like a way that I resonate with. It, not in a healthier way, but yeah, it is a more relatable way. Yeah, it's definitely not healthy. I do not want to like on the We're record. Not it's not healthy, it. <laughs> but I do love it more. <laughs> no, but I also just so like I said earlier, some cool thing about this 
whole series is that Cal is a reoccurring character in every single one of these books, whether it's like a small thing or like a big thing. He is always a reoccurring character. I like oh, yeah. his cameos better than I liked him in this like book that he is the main character in. I agree. I really do, which is so funny, but it's like I can take him in smaller doses that way and he feels more like a comedic relief in those books than a really scary man. Yeah. Well, because they're like, oh, here he comes. Big, like, big dark rain cloud, whatever. And he is. And he is. But, like, especially in book two, just his relationship with the main female character is so, so cute. I it's know, so honestly, pure. And that's, like, I feel like a glimpse of, like, him like whenever his, his daughters grow up. What'd you say? It's like, it just shows his humanity, which you don't oh, see yeah. much in this book. I know. So I think, like, him as a father is going to be, like, good for him. And, like, he's already kind of, like, I guess you could say, like, a father figure to Riley or, like, a big brother. Yeah. Um, which is really sweet. I do like that aspect a lot. So he does have some definitely redeeming aspects. You just don't see them much in this book. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but they're up in the epilogue i guess where he's like bouncing his but daughter the epilogue is the favorite part of, of this book yeah some other things that we liked um so i love the beginning of the book yeah like <laughs> she just is like expecting to go talk to mateo before their wedding and then she like notices oh he's dying he's, he's not alive um <laughs> And then all of a sudden Cal's there and she's like, oh, that makes sense. And she's just like, yep, I'm getting stolen. That's what's happening. She's she like, wow, this is about to be bit. an even shittier day. Yeah. She's like, wow, that I thought this today was going to be bad, but this is this is wild. And then she like fights a little bit, but her heart's not in it. She's like, Loki, I kind of like this. She's like, yeah, take me literally anywhere else. <laughs> take me away. But it's like, what a fucking power move on yeah. Cal's part. He's like, well, you know what? I'm going to take what I want. Yeah. And honestly, that's like the first thing that like sets off the like the issues that he's having with like Elena's parents. I'm sure that they couldn't stand him anyway, but now that he's, like, out from underneath their thumb, they are, like, panicking. Yeah. Because they've had control over him up until this point. He hasn't really, like, done anything, you know? Like, yeah. I think they knew that he is more powerful than them at this point, but he hadn't been a problem until this point. Right. Because, like, it was just a mutual understanding between the two. Like, he enjoyed what he did. Yeah. And they benefited from it. Exactly. But as soon as he was like, you know, I think you guys fucking suck. They were like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's like, Carmen's just a little jealous hoe. And so, like, the only reason she was so against it was, one, because she wished that was her. Yeah. And two, like... <laughs> I think she resents her children because they're everything she couldn't be. She even says as much to Elena's face, which I'm like, wow. Oh my God. I also really like the fact that the, I mean, we've already talked about like the um, Easter eggs and stuff, but the side characters being introduced in this book, they're, you like want to know more about them. They're written in a way that they're really intriguing, which I think is great because then a lot she of She does them, that on purpose, yeah. Yeah, like have their own books and backstories, which is really great. So I love that. Yeah. Um, the sex <laughs> scenes, honestly, were so, so scary, but also great. Like, like, I wasn't like into them because they were just like scary to me, but- Like I was into it, but I wasn't. Yeah. My favorite of all of their, like, sex scenes is definitely the recital. Yes. I think that's everyone's favorite. Um, there's like, actually... Pulling up to the recital, at the recital. Like... Yeah. There is some... Um, there's fan art that I believe Sav <laughs> so has, like, good. posted. There's fan art of the box at the recital. Just I wonder if it's on her instagram maybe it is not safe for work so if there if it is on instagram it would be a censored version but uh, it's on t like twitter then i'm sure it's on twitter i don't have twitter anymore i don't 
I don't either, but let me, um, let me just Google like, yeah, see if I'm posting that. We're not going to post it, but you can also Google this, but no, I do think if there's one thing that I can always guarantee it's that Savar Miller is about to write the most banging sex scene. Yeah. Like she does not miss when it comes (laughs) to those, like (laughs) for real. And you can tell she's also just like researched really well too. Like, (laughs) Yeah, as well, much and as I thing, don't agree, we're gonna kind of discuss um, further in our discussion questions about like one of the particular kinks in this book. Yeah, but it does make you wonder how much of her research was was practiced personal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this art is not on her Instagram. Oh well, I'm sure that you probably do have to pay to like see because I've never seen the uncensored version either, but. I'm sure that um, it's available for purchase. The only person that ever comes through on that type of stuff is Katie Robert. Yeah. She gives she that is, out for free. Like, <laughs> she is just out here posting that. She's like, I paid for this, so you don't have to. Yeah, which is honestly a boss, boss like, babe. Thanks, Love Katie. Her. <laughs> uh, the fucking but, you know, <laughs> I I respect also the decision of artists to make their, their work be paid for that's fair sure i'm just saying Um, that was very generous of her (laughs) mm -hmm. we stand katie robert some things that we disliked there's a couple yeah (laughs) we talked a little bit about the age gap already the age gap is so concerning yes so so concerning but you know what's even more concerning what his nickname for her (laughs) Little one. It makes me want to fucking gag. Yeah, it's disgusting. Jail. Goodbye. Jail. Right to jail. Straight to jail. Fucking Do not pass go. Ew. Yeah, I hate like, that. Like, you're just highlighting the fact that she is literally a child. Uh, a child yeah. bride. Yes, I hate that so much. And another thing that I hate is... Okay. So... The fact that he slept with her mother a decade prior. I mean, you can't change that. He didn't know that eventually he was going to be into Elena. That's fair. What I hate is, first of all, that it happened. Second of all, when they're having, like, a hate fuck at the recital, and they're kind of, like, he basically was like, I couldn't very well, like, tell you while I was buried in you that I slept with your or that I saw your mom in a similar state and I was like like you (laughs) didn't have to say that you could have just said when I was with your mom but he was like no I fucking had her just like this and it's like I really really hated that very much bro you're not making it better yeah that I cannot imagine being on the receiving end of that comment (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she's like, all right, well, who is better? Like, I guess. <laughs> I really hate it. You know what it kind of reminded me of, though? Like, in a very, like, not super connected way. What? <laughs> it reminded me of Twilight. And basically, <laughs> like, Jacob thought he was in love with Bella. But in oh. fact, he was in love with her daughter the whole time. Oh, my her God. Her daughter. That I I was like, wow, this is a very similar situation, isn't it? I really, really hate that part. Like, the, because I will say, I unironically, I do like the Twilight series. But, of course, I have beef with many aspects of it. Yeah, um, it's not perfect. Even the most diehard, <laughs> twihard, if you will, fans. Um, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> We, I think we all agree that we have lots of issues with the um, some of the things that are canon, and prefer to think of um, things in our in our own head canon way at times. Because I'm pretty sure word for word, the dialogue was so similar. Jacob's like, I can't help it, and in Cal's head, he's like, I can't help it, and I'm like, Yeah, you can. <laughs> anyway, that was the connection I made in my head. Um, <laughs> So my last two brain cells brought up for me. Yeah, it is. It's giving. It's giving imprinting on a baby. Yeah, this is actually a Twilight fan fiction. 
So another thing that we like are just consistently never a fan of, and we talk about it a lot, is the epilogue of books. Yeah. Like, it is always such a cop-out to me when they have, like, this whole happy ending and they have a family and, like, they're all great and whatever. It's like these people are twisted. Yeah. They're twisted. And in my head, I think it was probably a little bit of a control thing for Cal. He was like, I'm going to put a baby in this woman Mm -hmm. just to prove that I can. And so that she is tied to me forever, no matter what. And And she probably liked that. Yeah. And that's what doesn't sit well with me. It's (laughs) like she was like, oh, yeah, it's so great. So happy. No, 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 no. No, this was a control thing. What's really weird, too, is just, like, they went from him being a hitman to not anymore. He was just like, no, I just don't do that anymore. No, because, like, in this little prologue thing that she wrote, he was like, I have to feed the beast inside of me, mm-hmm. and I can only do that by killing people. Yeah. And, like, he even says, you know, Elena kind of <clears throat> heals that a little bit. I just don't feel like that's something that just goes away, though. Yeah, she, like, makes some kind of comment in the epilogue. Not makes the comment, but, like, in her mind is, like, I wonder if him, like, drinking my blood while we're having sex is keeping that at bay. And I'm like, that's not the same thing, though. So, like, hopefully, I guess, but that's not the same thing as killing someone. Another reason this is a Twilight fanfic is because he does, in fact, drink her blood. Um, Anyway. (laughs) In conclusion. (laughs) The the lines are there. The connections are there. He is a combination of Edward Cullen and Jacob Black. Crazy. I also, like, I get the whole point of, like, carving your name into somebody. It's supposed to be not even, like, a romantic thing. I think, again, it's kind of a control thing. Mm -hmm. And I won't pretend to to fully understand it because I don't. I'm not into that. But it's, like, I don't feel like mutilating somebody is, like, romantic, like, a romantic gesture. And, like, I don't think it was initially, obviously. Like, when he did it the first time, that was most certainly to mark his territory. It was, like, Mm -hmm. an alpha-type move. But it's, like, then it kind of just became their thing. Yeah. And she's, like, yeah, cut me open and drink from my thigh. And And it's, like, oh, my God. That's just something that we just, like, we can't understand it i don't want to shame anybody i would never kink shame anybody but it's like i just don't understand i don't either and i think what rubs me the wrong way about it is because he is already such like a controlling person that it's just like if i don't put my mark on this person like do i actually control her yeah but then she does it back so yeah and it's so like unabashedly like unhealthy like they do not care they recognize how toxic it is so it's just so wild to me it is and again i suppose i love that for them um (laughs) (laughs) we are not shame um some other because we talked about like so the knife play is is a kink throughout this book um there's some other kind of like tropes there's like kidnapping I guess, like, Marriage of Convenience on Catherine. I love those. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that particular I would trip. say it's more of, like, a forced marriage or, like, an arranged marriage type yes. thing. That is yeah. true. It's, like, um, yeah, but it's, like... It is Cal, also convenient for he him. He was getting but... something out of it. Like, it was supposed to, like, make it to where he could, like, transfer his trust or whatever. Like, from his yeah. grandpa. I don't remember. Like, it never went into full detail about like that but I knew he had to get married to like inherit that money fully or something all we know is that he got his bag yeah I I really never fully understood that and then the forced proximity they're living together and they they already were obsessed with each other but it became like more of a romantic love which again I do just eat that shit up yes same 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 and then we already kind of said it's like it's like a variation of grumpy sunshine I suppose Yeah, what do you call it when they're both, like, mentally unhinged? They're both mentally unhinged, but she is is meant to, like, represent Persephone, like, springtime sunshine. Yeah, I feel like she's definitely, like, the happier one in the relationship, I suppose. Yeah. It's it's definitely not... uh, It's not completely what you would, yeah, like, expect of it. 
And then there's symbolism, of course. They represent Hades and Persephone. So there's symbolism throughout, like, the pomegranates, the asphodel, the um, Alplana Island in general, just kind of representing the underworld, like Cal's little slice of... um, Little slice of hell. Yeah, he he just owns that. Um, And then poetry. So Cal and Elena... Like you said, it started off, it was unintentional at first. He left a poem for her thinking it was going to be left for Carmen. But then they kind of used that to communicate. And he like used it as a way to like fill a void. Like they were both lonely. It was low key fucked up. We don't love it. God, the more you just describe it, the worse it is. (laughs) It is. It is. I'm telling you, this is not my favorite book. But then once they become like romantically involved they also use poetry when they're unable to like confront each other um as kind of like a shield like he leaves her and leaves a poem because he doesn't want to say goodbye and she does the same thing at the recital um because they're both emotionally stunted and that's (laughs) fine and then even we're in the prequel which we're going to talk more about in the minisode elena compares their like like the act of them sleeping together as poetry like reciting poetry because you know what not all poetry is good (laughs) (laughs) so true (laughs) so so true so yeah that's this book in a nutshell and now we're gonna discuss a few like questions that have come up along the way (laughs) i got some questions Mm -hmm. again this is nothing to do with your personal preference i'm not coming for you here i truly just like am curious about it what what do you think you have to go through to enjoy like like kinks like knife play or like bondage or like anything like that like to where like you are like harming yourself or like borderline harming yourself to find like sexual completion i really feel like and this is coming from us who do have you- no background in like psychology just so everyone knows, <laughs> I feel like like my best, most educated guess is that you have to have had some kind of like violence or harm happen to you that was out of your control. At some and like doing it in life. the bedroom like makes you like feel more like in control. Yeah, because it feels like you're you're like taking that power back in that way. Because from what I understand, because I've actually, like, looked into this. So there's, like, some kind of... I can't remember what the name of it is, but there is a quiz out there that, like, describes whether or not you're, like, a sadomasochist or, you know, like, it describes, like, your sexual archetype. I took the same one. Yeah. And so I was, like, what is, like... I want to know more about, like, some of these things. And then I found, like, forums and stuff of people who are in to BDSM in the way that it's like more extreme. Sure. Um, they will, depending on the person, obviously I'm not trying to generalize this to everyone, but a lot of times they will actually have like an actual contract with their partner. Right. Outlining like all the rules, like what they're comfortable with, what, you know, they're not comfortable with, like, That way, whenever they're actually, like, having sex, they know beforehand, like, what's off limits. Right. Um, Cal and Elena obviously did not have that discussion. Cal was like, it is simply not up to you. Cal was like, I'm just going to carve my initial into your skin. And I fucking like it. That's so scary. (laughs) That is way scarier to me than people who take the time to actually take care of themselves and and write up these limits that they have beforehand. I think you absolutely should do that if you are serious about um, exploring things that could be harmful to you. Like, he also, he does do, like, breath play. I forgot to mention that. Ooh, he, does, yeah. he does, like, choke her. Not choke her. Like, See, I feel like I maybe understand Dan, that one a little bit more because it, it does. If I, I mean, that I same, know, like it releases endorphins, I guess. But yeah, maybe knife just, play does the same. But it's like, like not adrenaline at least damaging you. Yeah. I don't know. But the thing is, like knife play just seems a little more extreme to me. 
It does. And also the fact that he's like drinking her blood afterwards. And like a lot of times they like spread her blood, like smear her blood. And I'm like, I don't like that. Like <laughs> that is like, or not even primal. That's just like, yeah, I just think it's like scary. It's primitive. Like it's like pr- religious know. ritual, like cult ritual to me. And I don't like yeah. that. Because I know, like, with, like, primal play, stuff like that, like, they, you know, get into that a little bit, but I don't know, not to, like, that extent. I was going to say, like, a lot of times, like, I I definitely feel like primal play, it could kind of go that way, but I feel like it it doesn't have to go. No, it it does not (laughs) at all. Yeah, so I just don't know. Like, I certainly... I have my best guess is that they're just trying to like take back that like sliver of control in yeah. in some way. But what and, like, scares maybe me you about... don't have any trauma. Maybe you're just into it. But maybe. But I'm just like I'd be surprised. And also, I think what scares me the most about its representation in this book is that it seems very unsafe. Like they didn't. Yeah, not... it's not done safely at all. Yeah, like they didn't they didn't and I th- outline any boundaries. Like it's just scary. I think like the justification for that is that he is a doctor and so like he probably wouldn't do anything to like actually mm-hmm. like mortally wound her. But still, I know but she <laughs> she said like I want I want to sleep with you. Like she gave consent that way. She did also, I believe in the I mean, prequel. She did agree to it. He pressed the knife there, and she just kind of was like, sure. See, but, this was more of, like, a devious consent thing. Like, it's... Because like, it was, like, heat of the moment. They were already sleeping. Yeah, like, she probably wouldn't have agreed to that, like, if they were just having that in a normal conversation. But because, yeah. like, she was getting turned on by it, she was like, yeah, this is okay. But, like, yeah. just imagine if she hadn't. Like, that would probably be the most terrifying yeah, thing to ever happen. That would have been so scary. He's like, yeah, I'm going to slice you up. And it's like, oh, God, no. And at that point in her life, like, when she was level-headed, if they weren't actively, like, having sex, if he had been like, okay, let's set some ground rules for when we do have sex. Are you okay with me carving my initial into your thigh? Would you She probably would have said no. (laughs) No, devious consent is always one that just, I don't know, like kind of gets me because at least with like the consensual non-consent it's like they have agreed before at some point in time that you can do this to me whenever you want to yeah but with like it's like pre predetermined consent like you won't know when it's coming but it is going to happen but no with devious consent like it just i don't know because it's like coercion in a way yeah it's like no you're gonna like this and it's like all right I guess (laughs) yeah again I think it's just because they are both unwell right I don't know um second (laughs) question is do you think the authors have attempted any of like the kinks that they've written about or do you think it's just something that like intrigues them or that they (laughs) think is gonna like sell well I feel like I don't know because part of me wants to say like oh they just like are interested in it but they haven't all done these crazy things but like why not somebody has somewhere because I do know with like you know for example like Katie Robert like she's very very open about like the characters she writes about and so she does do interviews with people who are interested in stuff like this who are into these different types of kinks and so she does her research on it and then writes about it but I don't know if she personally partakes in it but she's trying to be inclusive in that sense. Yeah, I feel like in that particular case, then, like, it's probably more likely that she doesn't have her own firsthand experience if she is, inter- like, taking the time to interview people. But, like, with Savar Miller, like, every single book, so you'll, if you read the rest of these ser- this series, you'll understand, but, like, all of the books kind of focus on, like, different things. Mm-hmm. So, like, in some of them, they're into, like, bondage. And some of them, they're into primal play. um, So on and so forth. But, like, I wonder if she's ever actually tried any of them. <laughs> hey, Sav. You want to come on for an could, interview? Listen, we are basically neighbors, so. That's so true. 
Honestly, I think it would be fun if authors who write like romance that involve kinks had like a like a fun little like Q&A, like a little girl talk Q&A. I think yeah. that would be really fun. Oh, uh, you know what? I wish we were going to a polycon so we could ask them in person. Um, <laughs> they would be like, girl, like, I'm get blushing. the fuck out of here. Because like, you <laughs> know, like Sophie Lark, for example, like, I have zero doubt in my mind <laughs> that she has tried what she writes about. Like, Sophie Lark strikes me as like a freak. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know for a fact her and business daddy over there are getting it on, trying weird things just and to I see if they like, like it. She has, I think she's even like alluded to, if not explicitly said, that they they do their own research. They're like I'm adventurous, yeah. No. Get it, girl. So like with her, yeah, I have zero doubt that she actually partakes. But like with other authors, like I wonder if they're just like, yeah, this seems to be very popular. Let me research it and write about it. But those are all my questions for this week. It's yeah. a pretty short book, so I didn't have, like, a ton. And it doesn't have a whole lot of substance. I'm not going to lie to you. No, there's not a whole lot that goes on here. <laughs> but it was definitely worth the read to enjoy the rest of the Monsters and Muses series, even though it's not my favorite of the five. Like, It is so important that you do read it. Yes, you should. And I think definitely you should read them in the order that they came out as well. It just, like is more fun that way. But it's a fun series. <laughs> it honestly like it's really enjoyable. Like you'll even if you don't like the first book, I recommend at least trying the second one because the second one is one of my like I think it's up there It's one so good. <laughs> I really like that one. Cute. So I feel like if you don't like the second book, you might not like any of them and that's okay. <laughs> Cuz that's probably the mildest one she's written. Yeah. And I think it's like the most um relatable like because they're not like they're not like murdering people and stuff like it's the most relatable I feel like of the yeah. you know like, yeah no I do not, I like, do mafia know. um she's just a normal girl yeah anyway join us next week <laughs> as we discuss the bonus content for promises and pomegranates sav wrote a prequel called sweet sin and then there's also a bonus epilogue to this book yeah, and then the week after that, we're going to be covering the first three novellas in the Mindfuck series by S.T. Abbey. It is so good. I'm so excited to be covering these. They're very, very quick reads, so they're free on Kindle Unlimited. Go ahead and download those. Get started. With that one, are there trigger warnings? Uh, yeah, there are a couple trigger warnings for that one. It is about serial killers, that's so what I thought. that's yeah, I definitely probably yet, a trigger. But- yeah, so we're sticking with the darker themes. It'll the get better eventually. Books. But I mean, like, if it's not your favorite, definitely don't force yourself to read them by Just any skip means. it. Skip Just it. Skip it. And we'll we'll talk to you when we're doing things that are a little less scary. <laughs> when we get back to Emily Henry, we'll let you know. <laughs> exactly. So we will talk to you guys next week. And as always, let's get lit. <laughs>